0: Search. Each man different. Living his own way. Searching.
1: Discovering. Numero uno.
0: Welcome, BBCers, to episode number 69 of the Broken By Concept podcast. We've got a new look here. We've got a new camera angle. Curtis and I are like 50% of the screen, but before we were like uh, like literally 50-50. Yeah. And it was in people's faces. We've got a fancy new. It's pretty well. Right we
1: got to. Ex- it looks really weird right now, but we need to explain why.
0: It's, so it's like a vinyl stickers, right? So, so these are actual stickers. Yeah.
1: This is not a, a poster. So these are all individual stickers. Each letter here is a sticker. But we need to, we don't have the, the, the tools yet to, to We want to make sure them. it's like,
0: you know, level and stuff. So we're going to take our time. Well, so if we
1: stuck them right now, they'd be scuffed everywhere,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that could be our look. You know what I mean, Curtis? We could just have it like really scuffed.
1: So, yeah, you, oh, they, but they can't see the stickers, can
0: no, they? No, I don't okay. think they can see it. It's, it's sold up by our soul. So what was his name again? So Bridger, shout out to Bridger for that. Awesome Bridge. stuff. Uh, Bridger is his Bridger? name. Bridger. And his Thanks, agent's Kick Jacks. So he just literally just sent him to us for free. It's so, so sick.
1: Some MLA stickers as well and sold two stickers. Yeah, I should
0: have had them here so I could oh, show. David.
1: Maybe we can get, grab him in the break.
0: Yeah, we'll grab him in the break. So awesome stuff there. So, guys, we're, our podcast is becoming more professional. Yeah, dude, we're getting no, merch,
1: we're getting stuff done, man. We
0: had like the era of like, um, I mean, we still have that whole, you know, cutting off thing that people people always say like what? we should get a new camera and stuff.
1: Yeah but it's
0: not that I think, bad. it's not that bad. I think it's, it's fine the, as well. Yeah. And yeah most a lot of people adds listen on, on. yeah it's right it adds character. And a lot of people listen on Spotify and Apple exactly. Podcasts
1: anyway. So. it's fine.
0: I know you're not gonna be able to see our pretty faces all the time
1: but there you go. And reminder clips, clips channel yeah Clips channel still exists shout out Fran team for helping us on that one. Broken by concept clips and so we're back. We, we we had a week off. We had a week off. Everyone was so sad. They were saying they'll no, blame me. You ruined my Monday morning or Monday whatever I was saying. There was no clips, I mean no BBC. Um, we ruined their schedules. We did. Where to blame? Because we had it's a consistent had- Mondays are done.
0: And we also had our consistent schedule every single Monday.
1: Was this the first one we missed?
0: We have missed one episode um remember when we recorded it and then it wasn't working
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. That was di- i was so angry that but that one. was in
0: the earlier days people won't really remember yeah. those i hope yeah so we're, we're back, back though. That's the yeah, most important ready thing. to go and because well, people were saying why didn't you just do it online we, we don't feel it's terrible online. it's just not the same like we'll do it online for guests
1: the vibes is different and i feel like the quality of the conversation is worse and the energy's lower and everything's just the Not couch moved.
0: is just... The, the casting couch is the way... Especially with this thing now. Like, we got our, our look. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. So, this episode, we're going to be talking about focus, attention, ADHD. Yep. How this potentially ties to solo queue. So, we had a really good... Everyone loved the episode that we did on addiction. I guess mm. this is sort of like a it's follow kind of ties on, into it a little bit, doesn't it? Because this is also from our reference points.
1: But... But, 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 but. Before we dive into this... Yeah. I got to talk about... I got to call. I got to actually explain some some one okay. of my solo group experiences. Okay. Okay.
0: So I love story time with Curtis. This is solo story like you. Time.
1: Yeah. Um, Everyone, sit down. Grab your popcorn the fire, around the fire. Your marshmallows. <laughs> but the, this is it, dude. Yeah. I. I got beaten down.
0: Over the last week.
1: I think I don't know how long it's been. It might even be longer. Mm. I've just been. It feels like I've been in like an extended boxing fight where I've just been beaten left, right, and center. I just destroyed. And what I love about this experience is that sometimes it feels as though, you know, or at least for me, I feel as though um, I can kind of like, sometimes like my ego allows me to like skip on the process sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, in the back of my mind, your coach Curtis, you know, all this stuff, you know, you don't. One KLP yeah, mid laner. Yeah. Like best it just, mid on o's. It like just builds up to the point where, you feel as though you're different. Like like the Taiwan, you just built different. And like in a way, this experience was so humbling to me. And I and I gotta I gotta call myself out here and really expose myself and share this story because this is very important to like kind of to kind of explain um, Would you say where a where the
0: mindset is that you deserve to win?
1: Well, let's break it down step by step, okay? Where it all started. Mm. I think it was around a week and a half ago or something like that. I was I was sitting <laughs> around nearly eleven hundred, I was nearly top ten was yep. killing it. Yep. Every game was easy. Didn't feel good. Like, three blocks were going Three good. blocks, three blocks, everything rock and rolling. And I felt like, you know, everything was going great. And then I had um, a moment where I felt like I was, I think it was in the, the same period of time I was implementing, I was learning Syndra and, and trying to re-implement TF into my pool. And then I had a series or a string of incredibly, they like, genuinely unlucky games. they were right? like the 30% losses. Yeah, those 30, and they happen, right? And, and I, I think I got like four or five or nearly even six in a row. Whereas like I got Autofield as well, one of those games. It was just really, really unlucky games. And I played well. And the first two, one of those two blocks, it didn't really bother me. But after that, because I lost those six, I think it was like a string of six losses in a row. The next block after, my mindset was like, You got to make up for that, like it was like you got to win now to make up for that those really unlucky games because now you you know it's in your control. You're gonna refresh, boom, get back into it. But I think what happened is I got. A, uh, a lot of secondary role, a lot of support games, and it started beating me down because I'm trying to learn TF, I'm trying to learn Syndra. So then not obviously play Syndra, that one game that was in my control, and obviously I lose that one because I'm learning Syndra in combination with getting all the support games. Just, it, just the it's tension. It's like the perfect
0: cocktail. It's the
1: perfect mixture. Try
0: hard Syndra game, I think you play pretty well, but you know you're still going to lose because you're learning Syndra. yep. yep. Then uh, you play like a TF game, and then I'm it's still
1: learning that as well, kind of. Okay. Like, reintroducing it into my pool. Got it. Then I get a support game. Then you get a support game. And then I had a zero. And that's I a three had, block. And then I had a three zero. I had a three support block as well. Mm. That was another one to top it off. I had mm. three support games in a row. Boom, boom, boom. And all this combined with the, the expectation of my level of play, my ego coming into play, it created this... It was like a nuclear bomb, dude. Like, it, it really... Like, being dead serious, I lost full control over my mental state. Mm. I lost full control, like Mm. hands off the wheel. I don't know where this is going to take me. I couldn't stop playing.
0: You were an addict.
1: I I turned into an addict and I remember I I, I did. I remember it started going to four blocks and then it went to a five block and I streamed the five block and I remember I was playing different champ every game. I was... I had learning objectives because I was getting secondary role and then mid and then it was a really shitty draft and then a game I should have dodged with terrace playing eighty carry. It was all this stuff that, that added up. Like the one game I played well was a 30% loss. It just exploded me to the point where I was so pissed at myself and I lost like, now I'm dated 800 LP. I lost 300 LP in like a very short period of time and I was so angry mm. that i got straight off to the computer after and i just smashed out this like crazy workout because i got a barbell at home now mm. and i was like stripping with sweat i was just so pissed and i had all this adrenaline and um i was like fuck me what just happened like i it was just like, it was like a it was like a a cathartic experience because i was just able to reflect like what the hell just happened over the past two weeks like what what was my mindset like and so I started to reflect and realize, okay, this is where it all started. This is where it all started to go downhill. That you lost track of your process here. You, you got you got sloppy on the three blocks. You got sloppy on the learning objectives. You weren't you weren't focusing on the improvement. You were now now trying to make up for LP, and then the ego crept in, and then it just all these things created this concoction. So. I tried to take a break over the weekend. I, I, I thought on the Saturday I was going to be okay to play. I played two games. One of them just reminded me why I just shouldn't play on the weekend. <laughs> I it's, think that was a support game, wasn't yeah, it? Yes, it was a support yeah, game. game. Yeah. And I just instantly, um, I took a break, didn't play on Sunday at all. Um, and I'm, I am i haven't played yet. It's Monday.
0: Today, we're going to see. We'll see how I feel. Come back. But I'm, 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 I'm being very
1: cautious. Like, I'm easing back into it a little bit. Mm. Get and, and I know that now. I, gotta, I know what I need to do. To focus on in terms of improvement, but um, what I've come to the conclusion with with myself is that I have to take my support games very seriously. Like, for I don't really care if I lose on support, but I have to take it seriously because what I've noticed is when I get my secondary role, my mindset shifts to just like medi- mediocrity. And when I go into that mediocrity mindset, I can't bring it back to
0: the rest of the block. To the
1: rest of the block, I can't. Especially if I start the block on support. Even if I play well on support, but it was just lucky. But like, does like I win that lucky game? It's just the shift. The way I view it, like if I would use an analogy, is say my at the start of my block, my intensity is from zero to a hundred. Like I can go to a hundred as max capacity. After that first support game, my max pool of intensity that I can reach is ninety, and then the second one it's eighty. So what I need to do is I need to really come into those support games to try and learn and even potentially even set a support learning objective just so I can maintain my intensity because the drop is just too much. Um, So I'm calling myself out and that was um, an incredibly brutal experience that I don't think I'm going to forget. It's probably the most brutal solo queue experience I've had since. Remember the start of last year. Where I got I was like kind of stuck at three hundred LP. Yeah, it was or around
0: something. mid yeah, It was like July and stuff. When right. I moved to the new place, remember? And then
1: that's when I I asked your help. I said I, I I'm stuck. Mm. That was probably the last. It was over around a year ago. Since you had like a, a
0: huge yeah because I guess you've been pretty consistent the whole year just doing your thing mm. doing your your the three process. blocks everything and the process. But you sort of felt like you were stuck around eight hundred LP. But you were sort of just like at your level of play. Yeah, well, at my level of play. I didn't it was like, like a was, crisis. No. Yeah.
1: So last year over now it's been over a year since I've had a proper explosion. Um. It didn't feel good. So know anyway, what it was a humbling experience. It's like, well, I'm not immune to this. So what are the lessons, Curtis? If we were to make right now a YouTube
0: <laughs> video, five lessons from my mental breakdown in solo queue.
1: Well, I think that's the, one of them was, as I said, the taking support seriously. I think yep. that's a very important principle that I'm going to take forward. That I that kind of crept up on me. I didn't really know it existed. Like, upon, I, I needed to reflect in order to come to that learning. I would say the second one you, you just gotta have learning objectives. You just gotta.
0: Summon your focus. Like, on. I
1: got to a point where when I was, I was reaching around 1100 LP, that my. I, I always felt as like, oh, now I'm just refining small details. But it's actually not the case. Like, I play way more consistently when I have genuinely solid areas that I want to refine. Even if it's not the number one thing, you gotta have something. That is like like a reference point in your reviews to look for. That's another thing for myself because that that's what prevents the big one of the biggest things that prevents big loss streaks. We say it, it sounds super simple, but you must bring it back to something you're trying to improve on, regardless of the result. That is what's going to allow. That's the key you, word of regardless of the regardless result. of the result. <clears throat> so, for example, as you know it also
0: it also makes you like let's say if you like stuff up that so I'm working on Java and EQs mm-hmm. right. And like, let's say if I mess up a couple of e Java and eqs, and that loses me the game, it's like, well, that's fine. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, I understand why I lost the game. Because the key, the key thing of not tilting is understanding, it's understanding why why you're losing, and how games. you
1: contributed to that loss that's in right. some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But it's hard to do without knowing where to direct your attention. So, like for me, I, my my support tracking got really sloppy. My jungle tracking got really sloppy, and these are areas that I'm trying to now hone back in on. Um, so that's another one, and I'll say another one as well is just, just like, just really reflecting and keeping my ego in check. And something that I've noticed in myself is that, um, I, I guess from coaching a lot of high ELA, EU and and stuff and NA as well, I guess, I just kind of like look at this this play and I, and and then I forget that this it's a whole different ball game between.
0: Looking at Knowing the Knowing and executing, And yeah, A hundred percent, dude. Like, you,
1: you just take it for granted that, like, execution is really... That's what I hard. want to get
0: into this episode. That's what we're going to talk about, the attention ADHD and stuff. Because... So, we, we did some research over the week. Do you want yeah. to jump into it now, guys? Yeah, let's jump into it. Yeah. So, we thought we would do some research about this. Um, and you might be thinking in the, the... Watching this, like, oh, I don't have ADHD. I'll click out. The interesting thing about ADHD is more these days the gap is closing between someone with like a you know a normal brain and a brain with adhd so adhd stands for attention deficit hyperactive
1: hyperactivity hyperactivity disorder
0: yep and i mean the most stigma you might think of like some like you know it's really tied to like kids and stuff
1: you would think they're hyperactive they can't sit in their chair
0: and like you always know that kid in in school right and the interesting thing is that the gaps close in um, and this is why it affects us. And I, I'm, as the research went by, I realized, like, holy shit, I'm, I'm having these tendencies. You look at the
1: symptoms and you're like, oh, okay, I, I'm like that. Nah, like-. <laughs> you literally said, you're doing some research, like, Nathan, do you have
0: ADHD? <laughs> you're like, this is just all you. <laughs> so it's I scary. was like, holy shit, yeah, it's scary. And it's really important to, I think, to to understand this. So just the way attention and how focus works.
1: And even if you you don't have it, there's things in here or things that... I, I mean, I was reading, I'm doing, doing the research, like, wow, I... I this actually makes a lot of sense in terms of what we teach and and resetting your mental and all these things and staying focused so like it makes sense um, so i think yeah you're spot on nathan regardless if you have adhd or not and maybe my what i what i hope nathan out of this episode is that i'm assuming that there are people out there listening to this that have adhd without even knowing mm. it is very common even in adults now that you know adhd is actually quite i don't know the actual statistic of it but it's quite common to the point where there's a lot of people have it and they don't even know. It just un- goes undi- un- undiagnosed. Shout out to a channel. There's a channel called, I believe it's like, did you, see that one I sent you is like, I have ADHD?
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, what is that? Uh, if you just type me, what is ADHD, yeah. the first thing. Like she has a like 800,000 subscribers. She's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, she, she, so if you do, if you're on the edge of it or it's something you thought about, we'll probably put a link to a few channels in the description. Our references for this episode. Yeah. So, um, so ADHD is commonly um, is commonly I guess noticed or, or referenced to these three things: um, inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. So by inattention we mean difficulty focusing, you know, or like silly mistakes and things like that. Impulsivity, you know, fidgeting, restlessness, um, and interrupting things. There are, and in order to actually get diagnosed with ADHD, there's actually six symptoms that you need, like six boxes that you need to tick. But primarily there's three types of ADHD. There is inattentive, primarily inattentive, primarily hyperactive, which is the
0: most common. Which
1: or no, I think the combination is the most common. Okay. Or there's a combination of inattentive and hyperactive. That's like the most common. Um, and then all of these are on a severity scale. Like you can have, you can be an attentive type of ADHD, but to a very low degree. You know, like a zero to hundred type thing.
0: Other things as well that I had noted <clears throat> is de- de- really bad with delayed gratification.
1: Very bad with delayed gratification. <clears throat> and like <clears throat>
0: long term yeah. goals. Like, like let's say, let's say you wake up and you're like, oh, like I need to like get a job or like apply for a job. Like your brain and versus like video games, it's very difficult having ADHD to be like, I'm going to apply for this job versus just playing the video game because they just gives you the instant dopamine. It's very difficult well, to control. Well, across
1: the board, if you have ADHD, you're generally uh, dopamine deprived. The way you got to think of it is that people with ADHD, they they love dopamine. They are, you know, they're drawn to dopamine inducing activities or substances. Hence why a lot of people with ADHD are also more inclined to have addictive tendencies towards like uh, drugs like you know cocaine amphetamines cigarettes things like that as video well. games video games as well which is which is very important um i think you raise a good point nathan someone that i know in in the mla that does have adhd struggles with set, sticking to long-term goals and sticking to a champ pool because they are always they're just he, now, that's right what's now, the next thing what's, what's the next thing the, now, what's now. Exciting. Here, here, the exciting what's the next exciting thing which is super interesting now um Impulsivity and hyperactivity can, can actually lead to a lot of positives, though. There's rather, there are some positives with people with an ADHD brain. Creativity, curiosity, risk-taking, thinking outside the box. Um, now, one of the things we're going to talk a lot about today in reference to ADHD is emotional dysregulation um they're not they're una- they have very poor emotional regulation and emotional regulation is i think one of the crux or the key concepts we're going to i'm going to refer back to time and time and time again
0: love emotions um
1: so let's actually start by talking about Dr K's video so you stumbled across this one you want to give the audience a little bit of a, an update? Oh. Wait, so this, this video was basically talking about... So
0: someone wrote in that literally about a league question, which was really interesting. He's yeah. like, I have ADHD, and when I lose games, my day is like literally ruined. And like, it's not until I wake up the next day that my... Um, you know, I feel like, you know, back to normal and stuff. So it's like, like literally affects him, like losing games of League of
1: Legends. And so basically Dr. K explained Mm. the connection or how ADHD interacts with League of Legends. And he basically
0: was saying that that what the guy was saying was um, very normal behavior for someone who has ADHD.
1: Right. And so let's go through this. So um, Dr. K actually thinks, and this is what you said, that the gap between healthy society and ADHD people is small close in. People as a whole are becoming more emotionally dysregulated, less attentive, have and, and have a whole range of motivation issues, which are all um, things, or uh, I guess, um, uh, what are they called? Um, these are areas in which ADH, people with ADHD struggle with. They do have high levels of emotional dysregulation. They're not very attentive and they struggle with motivation issues. But this is across the board in society as well now. So you may think, well, I, this sounds like me. You know, holy moly. And this is because of the way society is, is functioning now, right? With, with dopamine being so accessible everywhere. And we spoke about this at length on another episode, didn't we? Where everything's on demand, essentially, and games, Q Now, YouTube, porn, um, social media, now, 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 now. Um, now, one of the key things with ADHD is that stopping these impulses is much, much harder with ADHD. And so we get, you know, you're obviously going to get all these impulses. We all get the impulses, regardless if you have ADHD or not. But your ability to control the impulses... So, okay, I'm
0: not going to do this. This is a bad idea. I should probably do this task or not play more than three games in the three block.
1: Right. And, and so this is... And this has got to do with that emotional dysregulation. Now, the way they talk about it is... Um, this is the, like the way they package it up very neatly. ADHD people with ADHD have problems with something called executive functions, executive function. And what executive function is, it's it's self-directed actions needed to choose goals and to create and enact sustained actions towards those goals. So it's like, essentially, you know, if you think about executive function, that's literally the process of picking some long-term goal, whether it be a career or, or whatever it might be, some long-term thing you want to aim for. So not only just picking it, but then also sticking... To uh, and sticking to these actions in order to f- to foresee or um, reach that goal, which can't, you know, which um, leads to a whole host of which is combined with a whole host of a whole host of attentional problems, um, and and these people with ADHD are obviously more inclined to be um, drawn in by instant gratification which is one of the big reasons why they can't stick to long-term goals, whether it be a champ pool, ch- you know, trying to achieve champion mastery or stick to a process or a schedule or something like that. Um, it's very difficult. There
0: was uh, the Huberman podcast that one of the references we got for this, his video on um, on ADHD. He says that the interesting thing, though, is that if, they're very, if someone with ADHD is very, very interested into a topic that hyperactivity can be very beneficial like so they have like higher levels of focus for shorter periods of time or like if they're really interested in well,
1: even for sustained they can actually have sustained periods of hyper focus if they're really interested a in topic. a topic which actually does make sense if you actually think back to uh, i'm sure have you worked with anyone that you know has adhd out of interest that you know yeah of. I
0: think he uh, yeah I think Matt did yeah he was right. he was the guy that was able to climb to master tier in like a year right yeah he so played that, Carthus he like just literally played Carthus all the yeah, time yeah so
1: when the when the thing is very clear yeah and they're very they're very they enjoy that specific activity and they're very interested and challenged by that activity they can go to an insane degree they can learn so much and, and focus way more than than the average person um but getting to that point of finding what you're interested in and that whole process is obviously very difficult because especially with something like league as well is that sometimes and we know this getting to the point of where it is interesting comes with a lot of painful painful experiences like if you can get to that like 80 game 80th game on that champion you're gonna have a lot of fun but getting to that point is the hard bit getting and i in my experience just with people working with people with ADHD, is that they can't even just they can't get the games. They actually just don't play enough of, of League to get to that level of champ mastery, which is interesting. Um, and people with ADHD tend to have; it, they generally have a tendency to aim for low-hanging fruit, in the sense that they they'll do all the things that are very easy, like now that I can do right now. But anything that requires an, an extended period of time and work they'll usually give up or they just won't, they'll just bypass it and ignore it and choose to get all the, the things that are very easily achievable right now, which is interesting. So this is where, this is all where this all gets very interesting. So funnily enough, people with ADHD, their brains are more sensitive to a negative emotions. Right? And so this is where losing a game of League of Legends um, can be extremely painful for people with ADHD. They-
0: Even someone in the chat saying you suck at the game.
1: Anything like that, boom, they can get set Impulse, off. Yeah. Very yeah, impulsive. Same thing. So the way I view it is that their 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 pain of losing a game is extremely amplified. But the interesting thing is, is that they're more unaware of their emotions. So this is where, when I heard this, I was just like, what the fuck? Mm. This yeah, is
0: like, it makes you have empathy for people in solitude because it's yeah. like you know this person could have ADHD. You know, it's like it's very easy for us to say. Again, I don't think that we have ADHD. Even mm. if you think I have a lot of tendencies, Curtis. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm very good at controlling my emotions, right? You so there's are, no yeah. There's no way. Like, but it's like, but imagine someone who just doesn't have the control. It's like it's like like so let's say someone with Tourette's as well. Mm. Like, they cannot control it. It's literally impossible. So it's like it gives me it gave me a lot more empathy of people in solo it was like, oh, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. I can't just tell someone like. Like, because we get just, frustrated sometimes. We get, I get very frustrated with my emotions, clients, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But th- we don't. This is why this is so important to empathize. It's like, well, there is just there's an uh, by like something up here going on, hormone wise, um, that they can't. Not that they can't, but they have a much much harder time controlling these emotions. But this is
0: a disorder, right? It's, it's a this, disorder, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so what happened? They actually did a study. They did a neurotyp They had a neurotypical person. And then uh, someone with ADHD, and that with the normal person, the more powerful the emotion, the more aware they are of it. Which makes sense, right? You would think that the more the more you feel something an emotion, you're going to be more aware of that emotion. Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, I'm very sad, or I'm very happy now.
1: Yeah, and you would you know you would understand how that's probably impacting your your behaviour. But conversely, someone with ADHD, the more powerful the emotion, the more powerful they feel about something. The more the ADHD brain is blinded to it, they're unaware, you know, they're unaware it. of how mm-hmm. the emotion is, is actually impacting their behavior. So you can see how dangerous this could be with League of Legends in the sense that you get this hugely painful experience of losing a game, tilting, rage typing, or, or even just straight up addiction, whatever it might be, frustration. But because they're unaware of the emotion at play, they think everything's normal, mm. and they're just going with it. That well, is, this is this is my Q twenty five games in a row. This is my
0: experience with Matt. This is exactly spot on. He, I mean, he's been banned fifteen times or something like that. Ridiculous amount of times. Literally cannot control someone typing in chat, or anything like that. You know, just pure Yet one impulse. thing that sets them off yep. instantly. Yeah,
1: and it's quite sad. It's scary, and,
0: I, and, and 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 like Matt would know the lot the effects well mean, in hindsight probably in, they, in hindsight it has to be but hindsight. in the moment, but in the moment i could never explain to him in the game why typing like this is hurting your chances like that took me a lot to really well, because I, I don't think it's i ever got it logical. across
1: the, it's pure emotions because yeah. the emotions it. Mm. we already know how hard it is to control your behavior when you're influenced by i mean just thinking about my my uh, story early on i couldn't control my behavior based off my emotional state at that time let alone, I'm not, I don't have ADHD. I mean, I don't think I have ADHD. Yeah, I don't think you do. I don't yeah. think I do. But that just show, goes to show how powerful that would be or hard it would be for someone to control their behavior. Absolutely. And so think about it, In a game of League, you won't be aware of your anger until it just overflows like a volcano, until mm. it gets to a point where it's so ridiculous. <laughs> you're, be, you're, just doing some, you're just telling someone to kill themselves in the chat or some crazy thing. You know, okay, yeah, look, I've probably, you know, probably gone too far now. So TLDR... Their sensitivity to emotion is greater, but their restraint, their ability to restrain emotions, is weaker because they're more impulsive. But they're also blind to the uh, the emotion as it increases and gets more powerful. Mm. That's the most toxic combination of traits you could possibly have. Yep. We, in reference to League, especially, mm. hence why people, I'm assuming, video games or specifically League of Legends with ADHD is probably not a good mixture. Mm. Well, I mean that's
0: the the, the long term which they struggle with ADHD people struggle with the long term that's the tool that I use to control my emotions but they just simply just don't have that so it's very 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 difficult for someone with HD to be controlling their emotions because that, like that's it I just think well if I type like this here this is just not instructive for me winning the game and this is me that just I'm unfocused for the game and this could hurt this one game which is my block and you know that the tool long term thinking yeah that's why that's that's you're so tool. good
1: yeah that's your tool that's your little toolkit yeah spot on. And now the scary thing is, is that people with ADHD are probably more likely to play video games due to the immediate gratification, right? And the how easy it is to get dopamine, but have a low frustration tolerance. But then blinded by the anger, and then this just perpetuates, and they can't restrain themselves and adjust their behavior, which leads to this the compounding effect, which is just a miserable experience with the game, a poor relationship with the game, tilt queuing, playing twenty five games, or just playing no games. I mean, it's just a you know, it's just a very, um, a very very scary cycle. Uh, now let's get into. Sorry, my notes are a little bit messed up here. My, just, uh. oh yeah, here. Yeah. So um, now that we've identified how ADHD is likely to interact with league, let's talk a little bit about how we can approach. Dr. K talked about this at length of his video. How we can strive to. Um, work with adhd to to limit its its negative effects so if you have adhd you must strive for something called emotional regulation so let's first of all define what emotional regulation is okay emotional regulation refers to the process by which individuals influence which emotions they have when they have them and how they experience and express their feelings Emotional regulation can be automatic or it can be controlled, conscious or unconscious, and may have effects at one or more points in the emotion-producing process. So essentially, you are, um, or it starts with obviously noticing your emotions. Once you've noticed your emotions, you can then um, start to think about how these emotions are impacting your behavior. So it involves three components. Emotional regulation involves three components. One Initiating actions triggered by emotions, two inhibiting actions triggered by emotions, and three modulating responses triggered by emotions. And so, in order to start with emotional regulation, it's all you got to pause. Or what emotional regulation aims to do is pause between the feeling and then the reaction to that feeling. So you get a, an emotion. I feel it build up. I'm aware of it. Boom. I pause for a second to notice this emotion. Then I can choose how to act. That's the goal. That's the goal. Now, this is obviously a skill that you can develop uh, whether or not you have ADHD. And it's probably going to be essentially your toolkit. This is, in a way, kind of what you're doing. That's exactly
0: what I do. I I will realize that, okay, Um, this game's starting to get a bit frustrating. Pause. Okay, you know this just might be a thirty percent loss. That's what would go through my head, and they're like, "I'm just going to try my best for the rest of the game."
1: And and I think that this like this whole thing of emotional regulation is something that I it's actually the term that I've been missing in my vocabulary within my clients. People, certain people have a high and naturally a propensity to have high emotional regulation. That's sometimes what we would call discipline. And I actually feel as though I, just through my upbringing and through my experiences... Yeah, you're I, disciplined. You're a very disciplined. Person, I feel yeah. as though I have incredibly high levels of yeah, emotional not, regulation. Not normal. Not normal at all, based off my upbringing. I'm very fortunate to have that. Other people, not so much. And this can be based off biology, just your genetics as well as your upbringing. But we can impact, we can increase our level of emotional regulation through these things. And we're going to go through tips for increasing emotional regulation and some worksheets that I've actually got which were awesome.
0: Oh my God, Curtis, we're very prepared here.
1: So um, just so to note, before we go into the tips for emotional regulation, something to note is that I feel like the term modulation and Andrew Huberman talks about this in his podcast with uh, ADHD. Modulation is an important concept to understand because if we go back to those three ways we can, um, we can, uh, I guess change our response to our emotions is through modulating. Now modulating basically means you're reducing the intensity of or the length of time it's apparent. So let's say you feel a certain emotion when you're modulating when you're modulating it you're not just removing it you're actually just lowering its intensity, its okay, severity of it. that emotion. Yep. And that's what I do most of the time. I wouldn't say I inhibit. Yeah, you don't just remove it. You don't it. just remove an emotion. You're, you're modulating the it's emotion. It's like a little
0: dial. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm dialing it down. Like it's there. Like I, I get frustrated, but I don't let it, it's not to the nth degree. You know, I'm toning it down to the minimum. And that's very important. I feel as though, you know, modulating as a concept, I think that's a much healthier way to view emotional regulation Mm. because it's not realistic to go from zero to a hundred, just remove it because I have the best willpower in the world. That just doesn't work. I'm I'm frustrated. We're not robots.
0: That's it. I'm I'm happy they're best friends with him now. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And I feel as though, honestly, emotions are important for behavior change. So I think it's important that they exist, but just we got to be aware of the combination and the severity of the emotions. Anyway. First tip for emotional regulation is just straight up self-awareness. So notice what we are feeling and name it. You know, fascinating. I did an MLA two week challenge where we spoke, we did a, uh, the exercise was after every three block you had to take five minutes or 10 minutes to like reflect kind of like a journal entry, like reflect on your block. And one of the most powerful... And it actually got a lot of results for people because I think this is what it did. It allowed them to reflect on their block and notice... And I gave them some questions to prompt them to push them in the right direction. But what it allowed them to do was to notice where in the block they were feeling negative emotions. So they they were able to get specific. So it was at this moment here, whether it's in the champ select or... um, After that person said this, or after this event happened in the game, that's where I got this spike of X emotion. And then you can kind of give that a name. You could like categorize it. It's like, oh, interesting. I don't deal well with, you know, whether it be as simple as um, being the facilitator in a game or having to be the carry in a game. Not having perfect CS. Yeah. Or you know not getting a blue buff or whatever it might be you can you can get specific and then you can name it so you can the more specific you can get in terms of where that emotion is coming from the more effective your ability to, to i guess regulate your emotions will be so that this is kind of ties into the second one which is just straight up mindfulness which is just meditation right and andrew huberman also talks about that in his podcast which is just um, breathing techniques and med- meditative meditative experiences can be a really great way of um, building awareness of your of your emotions. Um, so those are the first two ones here. And look, th- that's easier said than done, right? <laughs> Being aware of your emotions requires you to take your face away from the screen and to, in a way, it sounds weird to do nothing. We've said this a few times. But if you if you feel as though you have a problem with emotional regulation you're gonna have to take yourself away from these activities that are taking your attention and just do nothing don't no phone no video games no, no youtube no screens just you mm. alone with your thoughts is the starting point that will allow you to buy time to now notice your emotions and the scary thing is, we've, we spoke about this as well on the podcast, is that if you don't take time to think and reflect, just like it happened to me over that two-week period, and I didn't take time to reflect on my solo queue experience, you can largely be unaware, completely unaware of what's happening. And that feeling that lies with you, so that feeling of frustration within that two-week period became the norm. That became my, my, my uh, I guess idling that's like my idle speed like that feeling of frustration and and tilt was my baseline and the longer you are unaware of that idle like baseline emotion that will just become your norm and it will take a lot of time to undo that so that's why it's important on the regular ideally to have some some time during the week whether it's even in the shower i think showering is where a lot of people are able to mental refresh if you don't play music and shit, that's why, as well, I've stopped listening to music in the shower as much as possible to try and clear my mind. Um, any thoughts on that? Like, have you got an experience with that?
0: Yeah. I mean, going to the norm, like, there's, it's not, it's not a, like, I created the norm for not typing solo cube many years ago, right? So I literally had one of my clients. Uh, who recently joined he was just watching me play and some guy was typing me you know like very specific it's like oh it's nathan mott different yeah, again. Like yeah this guy yeah. sucked you know as usual yeah and he's like he just couldn't believe that i didn't react to it at all and i didn't even i wasn't even thinking it's like oh i'm gonna show everyone how i'm not gonna react to this that's just my norm and it was so interesting how it's like that's just absolutely normal that i've set there it's like you just i just don't react because it's just not useful right to, to people um you know specifically flaming me and um, his norm is to react to, to to anything, but once you start like it, like once you start not reacting to it, once you start to like build the norm, like like I, I had like those impulses and stuff, like when my other gaming experience, like my World of Warcraft days, and then I sort of created the norm there of like typing and, and reacting emotionally in highly competitive environments is not beneficial to win in game or gain any or gaining raid in. Rating. And I, and I, I there was many times where I failed. I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, but I kept on trying to work at it, and then I was able to make that my norm, and then now it's just so like easy; it just doesn't even compute in my brain at all to type to someone.
1: It doesn't take any of your. It takes no willpower, energy. no
0: energy, no nothing. It's just like that's my norm, and c- creating that norm requires you to really like pull yourself back, and it's it's hard and again for adhd people it's like almost maybe impossible but i think that creating that norm is is so powerful because it requires zero willpower
1: yeah 100 percent.
0: yeah i mean you had to develop this yeah what, it wasn't like, easy what, for me like, at like, all. like why why did you you were super toxic i was really dude, toxic yeah in when we were playing together in season four five three well how did you do that
1: well is it again, I, didn't, I, I, I think maybe you need to
0: i had a unique toolkit though you started to become you had to become responsible yeah. I think that's that's what it was well
1: i was i was in a way forced to do it you were forced to yeah but but a part of me like cuz it was that it was that kind of transition phase when i moved into a coaching position it forced me to be I, when i was toxic i was very unaware of my actions mm. like i was in a way just autopiloting through life like i was yeah.
0: i had no yeah. It wasn't just legal, it was real life as well. It was real
1: life as well. Yeah. I was toxic in real life. I was. I had a miserable experience. Mm. Like my life was at that time, mm. I mean, there was no purpose. I didn't feel like, I, you know, that's that was not one of the worst times of my life before I, like 2016, 2015 and stuff. And when I was toxic in game, that's how I felt all the time towards everyone in real life as well. Like I was just a toxic, depressed kid. So I feel as though when I started to, um learn just learn like i just gain perspective and go through that whole period of uh reading and learning from other people's experiences and gain perspective um in a way i was kind of forced to obviously not be toxic because it's embarrassing and i was like this is just embarrassing well there'll
0: be there'll be very clear consequences clear,
1: yeah clear consequences obviously being a head coach of the die at that time but um
0: I mean, you literally get banned by Riot Games, right? That's what it was. Like it was,
1: but that wasn't really my my biggest factor. I genuinely, I think, in a in a weird way, my experience with the whole Jono, that whole mental experience, and like mm. learning, like about how how other
0: high por- high performing individuals, yeah, how they this... behave and exactly. act. exactly, there's
1: and, all yeah. these other high por- high performing individuals, and and I just re- when I started to realize how much knowledge there was out there. And how much i didn't know it humbled myself i just basically humbled myself i'm like who are you to talk curtis when you know you don't know anything yeah, i don't know jack shit <laughs> yeah. so in a way i like it like tamed down my ego massively yeah um and then I'm like what are you there's not and i'm gonna get no valley and, and combined with a few other quotes like hate never comes from above and like i'm just on a different wavelength in a way and, and this does sound egotistical but it's just true it's like it's like we're not operating on the same level, same playing field. I, I'm getting, I'm not playing league for an like as an escape or because I have nothing else to do. Like this guy, like I'm getting way more value out of my time playing the game than you. And I, I'm I, from a sense of empathy. It's like I genuinely feel bad for a lot of these guys that would even abuse me, because I just don't want to give them the time of day. It's like I'm just gonna. I, I know they're miserable right now and they need help and i know how it feels cuz i've been there so it's like i was able to kind of empathize with people that are toxic in a way cuz and then now i just mute and i and i feel bad sometimes for muting cuz it's like i know that they're probably in in a lot of pain these people that are um toxic so it's a combination of a lot of things i would say i don't I, your, yours was very logical clear cut like I see the benefits of not being toxic. Mm. Mine was not- I see
0: and there are the benefits. I literally yeah, gaining in the benefits. Yeah, you see it and you got
1: the benefits and you built a habit. Mine wasn't that clear cut. Mine mm. was like a combination a combination of many, many things coming together um, over time, I would say. But now it's just like, re- i got a reputation to uphold. I can't afford to be- That's right. Toxic or anything like that. It's just embarrassing as mm. well. It's so like, get your shit together. Mm. Um, why am I being toxic as a 25-year-old in like, like 16-year-old? <laughs> in a video game. He's like, what the hell get your shit together? So Type like, in anonymously so on the internet. It's so ridiculous. I would never do that now. Yeah, it's, it's like literally ridiculous. Yeah. That's the word I would describe. Yeah. So it's evolved. The reason I haven't typed it has evolved over time in a way. Got it. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. But you're spot on. I mean, you, the, the more you do something, the harder it does becomes to not do it is essentially the... That's the right. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, now the third one was cognitive. Time re- back to the tips for emotional regulation. Cognitive, something called cognitive reappraisal. This is something that is commonly seen in in like uh, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but it's like a technique of. There's multiple ways of doing it. Thought replacement or situational role reversals, where you like you think of like a stressful situation. And then you look at it from like an entirely different perspective. So you you could this is kind of like visualization in a way. So you think you put yourself back into a time where you were like really stressed out or experiencing negative emotions, and then instead of looking at through your lens, you look at it through the other's lens. So now view it like this: you're getting flamed by someone in the game, or a common one we both get frustrated by is um, someone flames you even though they're in the wrong. That's mm. a common one that a lot of people struggle mm. with. Mm. Uh, Basher in my Discord said um, that's the one thing that just sets him off. If he gets flamed, even though it's their fault, he can't let it go. Yeah. So we put that in perspective, right? Well, yeah, my, my notepads falling. You're
0: off. a mess, Curtis. <laughs> Absolutely mess today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the people, the the uh...
0: your solok is falling apart. Your notepads falling apart. Because I ripped next?
1: it. Uh, anyway, um, so th- think to that situation. Okay, if we if you literally get specific. Okay, the moment where this. Amumu did X and blame me for this. Well, you can empathize and go back in time and visualize what situation are they in to say such a thing? Maybe they are obviously they could be going through something at the time, they might be addicted, that could be their seventh game of the block, they could be really feeling shit about you know there's so many ways to really empathize, or maybe they just genuinely don't understand that concept, they knew they they had they don't take the game as seriously. There's so many ways to like flip the narrative. And so that's what they call like that's a, a, a one of the ways they they do this whole technique called co- cognitive reappraisal. It's, it's in, in a way time back to the episode we did with the soccer visualization where the goalkeeper would overcome mental blocks by visualizing him beating that striker. Mm. It's the same technique in mm. a way. You're 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 going back in time and, and reversing the roles, which is interesting. I, I haven't personally done that all that often though, but. Um, maybe if that interests you it could be something you can look into uh, another one is just sheer adaptability and we talk about this adapting to chaos just being adaptable as a, as a human not getting comfortable when something like when something is being done the same way every single time you've got to be quite careful right so you've got to be comfortable with things being different and, and, and adapting to chaos um, do you have any tips for that because I think you're very good at, at, at being adaptable you're a very adaptable person. I feel as though you're very good at adapting when things change and new variables come in. You're not, you don't get stuck in your ways. I don't think. I think you're very good at changing. Or at least in solo queue. Or at least your mindset towards ca- adapting to chaos is good. How would you? How would you su- suggest someone becomes more adaptable? Adapting to chaos in solo. Queue. Like how do you? How do you get better at adapting to chaos? It's like I don't think
0: I am good at it.
1: You don't think you are? Because
0: if I have a game plan and it doesn't go well, I right. I can lose focus. I mean, I guess I adapt, but I can, uh, maybe that's a different thing.
1: But I feel as though you at least attempt to adapt, right? Yeah. Like, I, you I understand, understand intuitively the importance of adapting to yeah, chaos. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And like, you understand that.
0: Yeah, adapt. Yeah, I do understand Like, I
1: don't feel yeah, as though you yeah, ever get yeah, tilted yeah. because you don't adapt to chaos. Right? Or yeah, no, it's just
0: that? like, I'm adapting, but I'm just fucking up the yeah, play. You're yeah, you're fucking up <laughs> the adapting. Right. Like, yeah. you're adapting, but yeah. you might not do it well, but yeah. you, you attempt to okay. adapt. Okay, okay, so... Like, how do you teach okay. adaptation? Okay, so ad- adaptation, this is the way of it. It's just about... This is League specifically. Mm. It's going to be about options. Mm. So, someone who's really poor at adapting, they think that there's no actual adaption to just be made. There's path. just one thing. like The perfect example is, like, in the big game, like, a Rams, right? Um... People are grouped up. They feel like the only thing to do there is to fight. But I'm thinking of, okay, I can do that. Sometimes that's the option, right? But I also understand I can create pressure on the other side of the map. I can drag people around. I can get more resources for myself. Be a bit of like a split-pull shot in a brief, just a brief moment. That's like an option. And then I'm able to adapt because I have those options. Let's think about it in terms of uh, real life. Let's say if you had um, many different skill sets, right? Let's say, let's say, I'm a graphic designer, but I also can um I'm like a doctor. This is a weird mix, a doctor and a graphic designer, right? Okay. If I lose that job <laughs> Do your own logos. <laughs> yeah. If I lose my job as a doctor, I can be a graphic designer. That's yeah. a you can adapt, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you have options. You have <laughs> different skill sets, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. I think that's a funny analogy. <laughs> really? That's really well, what they say <laughs> is through objective, objective evaluation. evaluation. I'm assuming what they mean by that is like, if you can just ration it out and be like, well, it's better for me to be adaptable in this situation because I can see more options. It's like just, if you can log- like be logical about it. Yeah. It's like,
0: yeah, you gotta be logical.
1: just right. be logical. It's like, yeah. well, I can have this very like, narrow If I do this, approach. again, if
0: I ram, it's like, okay, well, I'm coin flipping the game. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, I should figure out another way so I don't get in this situation or
1: like or or, or a common one I see is that um, they have like this they have this uh, narrative where oh my god my entire team's getting caught yeah there's nothing they can can do about it it's like they're getting caught and that's it I just lose but it's like well
0: well that's what they'll be focused on it's like oh i'm gonna lose point versus i think he's getting caught oh what could i do in the yeah, other side of the I, map or
1: what could i or, or is there a way i could have foreseen the fact that they're gonna get caught that's like,
0: right as well and that's new, you know yeah. and that's
1: like adaptation you yeah. gotta to adapt to the the tendencies in that game mm-hmm. and adapt to the game pace and adapt to the meta and the elo that you're in or whatever you know so yeah i think you're right i think it does come just being logical about it essentially right Another one and the last two ones are pretty self-explanatory, uh, self-compassion and emotional support. So I guess being compassionate to yourself, just allowing yourself to it's be, be okay with the fact that you're going to experience emotions and lose your control at times. Like you're not going to be, you're not robots. Like you're going to feel emotions and these emotions are going to impact your behavior at some point in time, allowing for that being okay with that rather than beating yourself up as well as emotional support just having others to support you in your journey you know i don't think it's i don't think it's possible as well you can really be objective about your emotions and how they're impacting your behavior sometimes it requires that's why our job as therapists in our in our community right. it's like we're we're, we're f- in a, in a way allowing them to fo- to see how their emotions are impacting their behavior and sometimes getting that outside perspective to see what's happening and just explain why it's happening can just be a, a very... Absolutely, that's very important. important um, yeah. experience. Yeah. And that's what our coaching is great for as well. Not just the in-game stuff, but also the emotional support in a way. I've actually got a... Um, I've got a two worksheets here um, that these were... Because I did a lot of research on emotional regulation and these are worksheets that can help you uh, be more... Aware of your emotions and, and regulate your emotions. So, one of these is very similar to the uh, player. You remember the player versus victim? Remember that? The, remember the, the, the book that talks about being, the importance of being a player, not a victim? Yeah. Uh, it's very similar to that. So, this one, what led to the situation? So, I'm assuming you think back to that situation that, that, um, that led to those negative emotions. What led to that situation? How did you interpret the situation? How intense were your emotions, say, on a scale of 0 to 100? Did your emotion influence others' actions? If yes, how so? That's a great That's question. That's a great question,
0: yeah.
1: that We say that all the time. Yep. Um, did the emotion influence your actions? If yes, how so? Did your emotion influence your judgment? These are great questions. These are very... These are force you to be introspective, doesn't it? Yep. And this process of seeing how you contributed to a situation can allow you to be... It's kind of like that whole adaptability, being objective about how your emotions are impacting your behavior. The other one, these are some great questions here. Describe a stressful situation you encountered. How did the situation occur and how did it affect you? I like that one. That's a great one. Did you or your behavior lead to the situation stated above? Is it awesome. How did others around you contribute to the situation? What control did you have on yourself during that situation? What was your reaction to the situation? Do you think your behavior impacted your emotions? Because sometimes your behavior can impact your emotions, not the other way around. That's right. Did your reaction affect others around you? And how would you react to a similar stressful circumstance in the future? That's great. I love that last question. Because it's like, what would you change and how, what, what would it look like if you were to do that again?
0: Love it. I'll have it in the edit, those worksheets up for the YouTube, but we'll also link this. I can
1: just link the, the site. I'll try and find the site that I got these from because like, it's at the bottom of this, um, this website. They are great. So, yeah, so I'll maybe an exercise
0: them. can be do one of these for one of your solo queue games.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing if you can feel like this once, just once, mm. just as an experience well let's
0: Um, say a game that you felt like yeah
1: one situation in a game that really you were frustrated so hopefully it's helped people you know and look i'm assuming we don't have adhd these are still great exercises and straight things and i think we've kind of come to this conclusion by ourselves haven't we like we've always said the importance of like taking time to think and self-awareness and and, in a a way three blocks and the review process and that whole thing allows you forces you to do that in a way doesn't it
0: so let me quickly change the battery and then we'll continue i want to talk about attentional blinks okay
1: all right so we're back in business here so one thing i wanted to note before we let nathan take the wheel here um in the andrew huberman podcast about adhd he talks about uh dopamine and how dopamine um works or how dopamine is related to people with adhd now look i don't want to get too specific here but um the way the adhd brain works is that it's very dopamine deprived and that it searches for dopamine wherever it can get it hence the impulsivity um and things like that right because it it just wants that short-term boost of dopamine now this is actually why a lot of the medication um and a lot of the other activities that people with adhd tend to Get more inclined towards. This is talking video games, um, you know, cocaine, amphetamines, cigarettes, things like that. Gambling. Um, these give you immediate boost in dopamine. Now, at this, and same as sugar as well. Is, I'm pretty sure gives a similar response. Um, now, in saying that, what dopamine does? It's, it's actually a neuro. It's it's a it's a neurotransmitter modulator. So it modulates the, the amount of focus. It modulates your focus. So, the so again, way, is that the dial again? Yeah, the dial. And, and, and so what it can allow you to think of it as like a cone. When you have low dopamine, you are in a way, your cone, your, your, your attention is everywhere. Because you're searching and you're, you're looking for, you're searching for things. You're, 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 your focus is very scattered. Because you're not really honing in on something, but when you've got high amounts of dopamine, your focus then becomes very narrow but very intense in one area. So people um, with ADHD, when they you know obviously um, get this medication, I'm assuming it increases their dopamine, which allows them to direct their attention to a specific area rather than being very wide scoped. I think that's a very healthy way of looking at it, and in a way, for anyone that is dopamine deprived that's kind of you'll explain it but you've got to be okay with that like you've got to be okay with being expanded and then choose where to direct your attention rather than just going everywhere here a little bit here a little bit here that's why it ties back to that low-hanging fruit thing as well just thought that I would kind of add that in I thought, thought that was interesting
0: yeah
1: I mean I this like is the way I perceived the my research I could be wrong I'm not an ADHD I'm not a doctor or anything we're, we're
0: amateurs here Curtis we're, this is our first uh
1: my buddy, League of Legends coach is talking to dipping
0: her. our toe in the ADHD world. This is
1: uncharted territory. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's great concept again from the Andrew Huberman podcast. Great podcast, yeah, it's great stuff.
1: I think it's actually one of the greatest
0: science.
1: It's one of the most educative pieces of content on the internet. It's yeah, so jam packed.
0: Well, he's he's a Stanford um, professor, professor. Yeah. so he he does this you know for, for a living. It's yeah, so. amazing. All right, attentional blinks. This is fascinating. So think of attentional blinks. as the same as you blink. So when you blink, just with your eyes, there's a split second where you don't see, right? Obviously, if you're more tired, like your blinks will not be longer. And, you know, you you know, it's like the wheel. You know, it's like they tell you, tell you to take a rest if you're driving long periods of time because then, you know, you start dozing off and stuff like that, right? The exact same things happens with our intention. Um, there's like this, so let, let's say, you know, like that, that popular game, Where's Waldo? Yep. And, you know, you're looking for for Waldo. If you Once you find, like, that's your, your objective. That's what you're focused on. You Once you find Waldo, there is a, a split second where even if there is a Waldo next to him, you'll never notice it for a split second. It's like, and that's called an intentional blink. So it's like, your brain's like, oh, I found it. And there's a pause. And then it will go back to, you know, now we've got to find the next thing for attention. Why is that? Why is that? <sighs> I don't know. We just do it. It's just the way the brain works. So this happens in uh, just normal people, but someone with ADHD, um, they have attentional blinks more often. Right. Okay. Right. So I was trying to think about this in my league. Like, I think that this is a huge area of my gameplay and I'm trying to think of attentional attention because there's so many situations, right? Where I, I know the perfect thing to do in this situation and I'm so focused on it. Right. I do it. And then, like, I'll actually do some autopilot thing after I shoot. Let's say it's a dive, right? I'm, like, looking at the wave, we execute a dive. And then I'm, like, um, I'll do, like, an autopilot thing, which is usually to reset. That's, like, my my tendency. Like, I, I'm sometimes an addict to resetting. But sometimes I'll be, like, halfway through my reset. I'm, like, oh, shit. Like, the top side camp, but bot side camps are up. Like, I can go and take those. And there's, like, this delay. And there's, there's, also, there's also sometimes as well where I am... Um, i i i start like a path and i've like i was like fuck like i should have like invaded him there like i I fucked up i should have started and then i'm sort of like committed to it like i have to do it but i know that i had that option if i if i was thinking about that before i did the, the my objective my focus right and and when he was described i was like holy shit this is this is this is exactly what's going on attentional blinks and i was trying to think okay well how do you how do you make sure you don't um, you know what to do next. You know we say what's next, and I was trying to think like for coaching clients and stuff. This is this is very difficult um, to to do because like let's say mostly all oh, common example. I had a coaching session today where someone showed on the map that like they did a gank, they did a play, they were super focused on it, and then suddenly their map winners went zero. Right, LeBlanc moved, and then he walked into his jungle, and then he he, he died. Right, and, it, and that's so interesting to me because. Like that's a really common thing, and anyone in the room, he could say, "Like that's a dumb mistake that's super obvious." But why does that happen in our games? Because we we focus on something, we focus on a play, and then we try and do something else, and we're like, "So the attentional like a map awareness is gone that that moment." Yeah, interesting, right?
1: Yeah, it's actually an intentional attentional blink. Yeah. So
0: you're blinking, but your attention blinks.
1: Your attention blinks. It just once stops.
0: you once you've focused, once you've achieved that f- objective that you're focused on.
1: So you c- there's no such thing as a smooth transition between like attention here to attention there. Yeah. There's always like a moment. There's where a you're moment, not, it's a brief pause. Where you're not thinking in a way at and, all.
0: And that pause can be like longer or, or but usually it's, it's it's like a blink. It's very, very short. Right.
1: Interesting.
0: So the way that I need to think about this is like, and this is the thing thinking, okay, I'm, I should actually have a plan. Like, this is what I do. And then I know what to do next. Mm already going into that play because mm. then i'm not actually focusing really on that i'm like i'm just going to execute this but like my overall objective is more so, so you're to like win priming the game.
1: you're like priming yourself to already know where to direct your attention After. so rather than like trying to go from zero to 100 you already kind of know vaguely where you are sort of but what i'm
0: trying to say is more so is like i'm trying to actually win the game so, so you know how like let's say you make a play and you know how, like your coaching clients are like really focused like lane phases up but they don't really know what to do after mm. because their mindset's not how to their focus is actually not on how to win the game it's actually I call it killing
1: the nexus killing the yeah, nexus yeah.
0: right it's, it's actually how to have like a perfect lane phase right so like once they achieve that perfect lane phase they'll like attentional blink and they'll like screw up a play after that, or right. like that. does yeah, that yeah. make sense
1: yeah we call that having a reference point in a way you could have a reference point for your decisions yeah that can help with attentional blinks I would say
0: and the more you play league, mm. the more you play league, the better you will get at, I mean, you will know what to do in that situation. So you actually, so you know, when you're learning something new, you're really focused on it and you actually can't focus on other things, mm. right? Because like you, you're just really trying to do this. And that's why we talk about champ mastery. But if you like really good at get that muscle memory, it's like, I execute that dive and then I do this every time. Then it's like, well, you're not actually ever having, there's no attentional blinks at all. Is there happening? So you're saying it's a
1: combination of like muscle memory or something where you don't need to really direct that much attention there anyway. So it's not... So very, you won't blink. Because in reference to that Where's Waldo example, you're having to put a lot of your attention on we'll it. So Where's that's Waldo. why you. Ha- it's like, like, oh, I've got it. And then you have now think of something else. That's but right. If, it, if you're not really having to put that much focus on it, you're not really putting that much attention there. Therefore, you're not going to have a, a blink. Is, is that what you're saying? Kind that's of? right. Yeah. yeah. So and there's, there's, there's the, the, the sheer act of the execution of the play from an attention standpoint, as well as having a reference point so you know where to direct your attention next. Yeah. So there's two ways. It's like the transition as well as the, the play itself. That's right. Yeah, I like that. It's really good.
0: So I thought that was fascinating. Mm. And I was thinking that that's why so many basic mistakes happen. mm for lower ELO players. Right. And even for myself as just well. Just
1: because they have a lot of attention attentional on, blinks because they're having to put so much-
0: On like smi- even on micro things.
1: Small things that we would say are basic like CSing or like- Like you can CS and look camps. at the map. Yeah, yeah, But someone yeah. can only it. Well, that's just tying back to the mental stack thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So the more something takes up your mental stack, the more you're going to have attentional blinks. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. And those attentional blinks can cause you to just die or- That's right. Or any disastrous yeah. thing. yeah. Yeah, it's one of the big reasons why leagues are brutal because you're having to focus on so many things. You can have so many attentional blinks.
0: And that's going to you saying you're, you know where your ego came from about mm. watching, sitting back, watching.
1: Because I, I, I don't have to put my attention that <laughs> That's I've right. Got free mental staff. Yeah. It's just so easy.
0: That's right. It's a completely free. you do not fucking about CSE and where the jungle is and stuff. I mean, you can see that stuff, but you're just looking at the minimap the whole time. Exactly, right? at the the whole time. It's, it's yeah. very, it's like the armchair analyst, right?
1: Yeah, armchair analyst. I like so it. So I
0: think that was fascinating, and I, and I think I suffer from that greatly because if I have a game plan that I am looking to execute on and I don't execute on it, my my game just goes absolute chaos real quick. Like like sometimes I feel that someone without a game plan is better than me because. They're always just like free flow adapting, adapting. you know. They're or, present in the moment. Yeah. Well, they're not really actually really focused on anything. They're just they're just mechanically just playing, they're just playing the game. Yeah. Right. But like my game, your mental stack's overwhelmed in a way. My games explode real quick if my game plan doesn't go well. But the, the advantage of my if me executing a game, I know exactly what to do. I know that's going to win win the yeah. game. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But I, that's where I feel as though they get capped. Yeah, they will get capped. Like, like over the long run, yeah. if you were able to execute and continue that trajectory, you would be a way better player. That's correct. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully. If you can execute, if I can execute. And, and that's, that's, that's what I always think as well. It's like, sometimes players are better than me because they don't have
1: game plans. They got more free, you got more space in their mental stack to focus on the here and now and execute that better. And sometimes that skirmish can just win you a game.
0: That's right. And then I lose that skirmish.
1: And then that's just the game. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, talking about that, one thing that we didn't touch on at all was um, working memory so now you know there's the point? oh yes that's so really good that's as well so important. yeah so i forgot people, what it was about so tldr on? people with adhd struggle have a way worse working oh memory. getting that information oh
0: that's the other point that's as well. so important yeah. which
1: ties into this exactly because um so the, the analogy he uses that say you try to remember six numbers uh you know two four three five six seven the average person will be able to like rem- like say that a few times and remember it in like a minute. Someone with ADHD really struggles with keeping that in their working memory. Now, working memory plays a huge role in League of Legends because, because it's,
0: you got to you got to grab information short term.
1: Now it's always here. More yeah. you just need to keep it there. It's like oh that person has no flash. He's running low on resources. He just used that cooldown before. It's like you got to track all this stuff, especially in mid lane. If you're a laner, especially working memory is massive hmm. probably not as much as a, as a jungler i would say not as much because you don't you're probably your working memory isn't as overwhelmed because okay. you're not directly fighting someone all the time hmm. i'm not saying it's not using it but not as much yeah um but that is huge and that makes me that makes makes so much sense with people uh, with adhd why they would struggle with league in general just it's just a hard bloody game for them but this is where it gets complicated because if they are really obsessed with it and yeah, really, then, really enjoy then it. And they're
0: able to hyper-focus more. They can more.
1: hyper-focus so they can compensate for their mm. lack of working memory mm. or their disadvantage or their the, the, their worse off working mm. memory. So that's also something that you need to be very on top of. Well,
0: this is, again, like like learning the stuff about this, it actually makes sense. I mean, it just helps me understand like, I need to coach different people different ways. And mm-hmm. like some people are going to struggle. It's like it may Just because it's easy for... nothing simple. ...me, it might not be hard harder for someone well, else. Well,
1: I had a guy straight up. He emailed me this morning. Opened this email this morning. He said, Curtis, I... Um, he gave me a bit of that background. He says he has a few disabilities. Um, I think he is something like autism or something like that and ADHD. Whatever it was, he had a combination of disabilities. And he felt as though he's got coaching from multiple people, but he's got no results. Mm. And I feel terrible for these guys that genuinely love it. They love the game. They're really, really interested. And he's got coaching from like, you know, Niece and all these people. He gets no results because these people don't understand at all the mental, the psychology, psychological part of the game. They yeah. just look at the gameplay for what the gameplay is. Yeah. They completely ignore the stage three They have three all the issues. game knowledge. They, yeah. they might even... Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's the game knowledge, mm. which I even call bullshit on that. But okay. let's just say they do for yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, They completely ignore the stage three element of the problem. Mm. They go straight to stage two, stage one. You always got to start with stage three first. You can't just go into this client coaching session with this dude that has ADHD and then flame him for being for for making this mistake like nice does a lot of time. flame him for making these mistakes and shit and he said look i got beaten down by these coaches that i work he said i work well with positive reinforcement and things like that this guy's obviously getting overwhelmed this meant poor dude's probably mental stack is overwhelmed he's working memory struggling probably having he's probably incredibly sensitive to these emotional inducing um events poor dude's just getting destroyed Mm. And this is the thing. It's like you got to be aware. You're spot on. Every client is different, and you well, cannot it's, remember.
0: It's hard for those people that have the coaches that have like that just one off session because you, you don't have time to know the person. I think that's the difference between our yeah, programs well, is because we get to know our clients over a long term.
1: Yeah, but that's why it's a scam.
0: Okay, well there you go. I'm going to yeah. call
1: it yeah, out. It's a scam. <laughs> okay. Anyone's buying one-off one-hour one coaching sessions. Yeah. It's a scam. I mean,
0: it's, it's not tailored to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I the think there is way, some value, but it's
1: very. I mean, unless you have a very specific problem, and that's what I realized. I thought that was the way to coach, right? Mm. I myself went, went down that rabbit hole, but I realized it's so hard to get results because I mean, we're doing one. I'm looking at one game here, you, know, you know, sometimes two. But it's not enough.
0: Yeah, and I don't know the person. I don't know the person. I don't know actually what the crux of it is. No what the issues are, their mindset to the game, the relationship with the game. I mean, at the end of the day, you're never going to know from a one-hour coaching session... If someone actually has a good relationship with the game, they could just put on a facade, right?
1: No. And most of the time I've noticed in my in my sessions, I just send them off to read articles in my MLA. Yeah. It's like and I you have all the resources. Yeah, there. I have all the resources, here. Right? Yeah. So I can just send them off, read this, read this, read this. That's okay, right. you have know, this problem, watch this video. <laughs> like I can like just it's just there. Yeah. Now I can like if I didn't have that though, it's like it's overwhelming. I yeah. can send them to watch this YouTube video, mm-hmm. read this article, and then watch this other coaching session, and then this, it's like boom, four resources. You got like a great, you know, potential solution, and if it's not, we can go. That's the other thing as well. A lot of the time, what I love about communities is that sometimes I even say, "Look, this. I I don't even know what your issue is. It could be this, but it could be that. Let's try this first. Yeah, let's try this first, and then come back again in three weeks, and we can have a crack again. Yeah that's what i love about it as well it's like well i'm not going to pretend that i know all of your problems to the point no. i'm just gonna have. A, i'm gonna have a hypothesis mm. it's like a doctor i can have like a give you a, a, rough, a di- diagnosis. rough diagnosis but i sometimes a gp is going to send you to a specialist, specialist here and, you that's, know, that's right. like the way yeah. i view it yeah um i just found that interesting um got a bit sidetracked there but anyway so,
0: okay. so that was that's my spiel about that it's great um, the other thing is we're talking about the, the smartphone usages and how just because you don't have ADHD now, you could be getting the the tendencies. Mm. Um, there was a study they did in 2014, 7,000 people. Um, this was in uh, adolescents, so like boys and girls. And the study was about mobile phone, like smartphone, um, and focus using inattention, like difficulty in like attending. And they found that... Um if you spend if if kids spend more than sixty minutes a day on their phones, then their focus would start to get really like shorter in, in, in things. So that's crazy. That's for kids. Sixty minutes. And that's how much I, it actually affects your brain throughout the whole day. Whether you can focus on things for long periods of time or not.
1: Having kids nowadays is so scary, dude. Because
0: you say that every podcast.
1: It's scary. <laughs> I mean you're at you're just getting attacked from every angle, like if I have a kid, you know, it's just to think how you would navigate them through this
0: this world. Well, Curtis, that's a new YouTube channel for you to start. It's like my new YouTube, YouTube channel pa- parenting with Coach Curtis.
1: So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's just showing that's the great. danger. What a great study! Yeah,
0: that's that's just the danger. And again, it's so easy. You're pure enough for league. You got Discord messages. You're on Facebook. You're on YouTube. Your brain's
1: fucked That's from the get go. I, I think Nathan, before the game. This is why I keep telling you you don't you don't heed my advice. No, at all. No. But our brains, Nathan, by Saturday are fucked.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you right now. Yeah.
1: Like our brains because we get are pulled frightened. everywhere.
0: We have got this client problem. Our client days, problem. Nathan,
1: you don't realize we've. But this is the norm. Let's give a bit of insight to the to the to the people watching this. What our days look like. Okay, okay?
0: sure, Curtis.
1: So think about this. I've I've done the MLA now for around six ish months. I've got 1,300 coaching sessions. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm not to say our job is hard by any means. I'm just saying just the way our brain is going to be affected by our work. So you're thinking from... So I wake up 5 a.m. For me anyway, my schedule. Boom. first thing I do, I'm literally getting out of bed, going st- basically straight to my computer. I get a coffee, go to the bathroom, straight on the computer on Discord instantly
0: you got all the messages Me-
1: I mean I don't even start the message I just okay. kind of say morning like check this few urgent things yeah coaching 5.30 boom 5.30 7.30 hardcore coaching using every part of my brain like coaching is really intensive like using it's like using every part of your brain well
0: because the thing about what we need to do when we see a VOD as well is we need to work it out the game like create a framework because we don't play the game yeah we're not
1: in that game so So we
0: like have to play the game in our heads so
1: what i'm doing and this is why i even feel scared to coach another coach like like as in like because obviously i want to bring another coach into the mla but it's even thinking about that task is so overwhelming because you're not going to be a good coach unless you've done thousands of reviews. I, looking at myself work. a thousand reviews ago, I was trash mm. comparatively to what I am now. Because mm. what you've got to do what we do as a coach is you're listening to the tone they say something, the language they use, as well as why they sent this VOD. Plus, I always yeah, ask... That and that. then I even ask <laughs> background information leading up to, are you playing in three blocks? Yeah. You know, is this your main champion? What are you currently... for? Like, you're, I'm processing... Heaps of information, plus how the coaching session goes and what I see, based off their responses to things that I say, to come up with some a semblance of a framework moving forward. Right? You got to do this now. I do that four times usually in a coaching session. Around I do around four sessions. I would say two hours. Yeah. And then it's basically straight away breakfast, and then come back, then and then coffee, and then a, a reply to DMs and 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 all this stuff, and thinking about the game, answering questions, looking at clips. I get sent VODs privately that I, you know, give advice for. That's for like another sometimes one, two hours. And then by then, it can be like ten eleven. I might do a short workout, um, a little bit of a break. Then I start thinking about making content, making, writing an article, boom straight into another two hour coaching session, 12 till two. And then, and then this is not even talking about uploading and taking off the notes, taking notes off the sessions that I've done and uploading them onto the website. By the time all this stuff is done, it's already like 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. And I've been using my brain to the extreme by 5 a.m., basically. And then I play solo queue for three games because so I've got to stay updated with the game, which is also hard, and probably answering questions while I'm solo queuing stream and reviewing my own games. And then it's already dinner time and then I'm off to bed. So you're on. I don't get time to chill at night at all. I don't watch shit at night. I don't do anything. I just do And then I cook dinner. I cook dinner every night. So boom, 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 boom. From when I wake up, from when I go to sleep, and then I read for the book club and everything, I'm basically on into like using, we're using our brain from when you wake up, when you go to sleep. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there that do the same. I'm just explaining the situation. Is that by Saturday, when Saturday rolls around, My brain is like all I need, like, and I thought I could get away with this. And I keep telling you, you must take a break away from the game at least one of those days, whether it's Saturday, whether it's Sunday. One day, I will. You need one day. (laughs) You need one day. For me, I didn't play League at all on Sunday. You got to have it because your brain. And what I feel on Monday, I feel so fresh on Monday morning after that Sunday. And the difference is night and day because what I'm doing is I'm removing all the dopamine. I'm removing all the attention everywhere. It's scattered everywhere. And now it's just on Sunday, play a bit of jazz music, read for three hours, go for a walk, make some beautiful food. Just switch off. Monday, you're on hyper, boom, hyper intensity. You've got to take a break. And I'm sure there's so many other people out there with many professions that have the same thing, but it's, it just goes to show... Me. We are, Imagine that. Dave, imagine if you don't, you, you don't even take a break from the game. You're on seven days a week, dude, pretty much on. Your brain's going to... How's your brain work? Like, how's it... it doesn't.
0: I just do everything low intensity. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: just doesn't work, dude. We'll get
0: there eventually. We'll cut this as well. We're, we're, Guys, you've got to help Nathan out. We're searching. We're, we're, we're doing research. We're, we're making errors. But
1: this... Even this episode terrifies me. What's happening to our brains throughout mm. the week. Mm. Discord and DMs and emails. Just... It's intense. Poor brains. Overworked. Comparatively to what they were hundreds of years ago.
0: So what's the difference between what you do and what, what deep work is? Do you do deep work?
1: I'll say our coaching sessions are deep work. Aren't they?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And I do my articles at deep work when I spend that hour trying to write an article. Yeah, or do a YouTube video, so there's deep work as well. Yeah. Your and your schedule's basically identical, right? That's right. So it's the same thing. So. All right, that's it. Jump the mailbag. Oh, we should. These are the stickers. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've so got, got MLA there. stickers. Can we, we it, see him there? Yeah, oh, the lighting's been cooked here. Wait, let me him, put my mic get down. Him the lens. Yeah, no, it's not going to
0: work, It is <laughs> Good work, Curtis. You can't. Because the lights are not there, Curtis. It's not going to work. Anyways, <laughs> away we go. Welcome back for Nathan's Mailbag. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All right. Everyone ready for some Nathan's Mailbag? First question here is from James. Tyler's email is called Girlfriend. Curtis always says how much he has one of those, doesn't he?
1: I don't even really, I don't talk about that much. Yeah, because
0: you've been called out, so now you you put yourself (laughs) on check. Every time you were about to say it, now you restrain yourself because, again, going back into emotional regulation, you you regulate your impulse to talk about your girlfriend. What do you reckon? Hey, I've been a fan of your podcast since day one keep up with the great stuff and because of this podcast i think i've improved a lot not only in league but also as a person in real life i originally turned 19 years of age and i've been playing league since season six however i've never had a balanced relationship with the game until the past year or so i recently spilled a glass of water on my computer causing it to be out for 32 hours or so and it made me realize how empty my life was without my computer during those 32 hours of desperately trying to dry my PC made me reflect a lot on other parts of my life such as family, fitness and relationships. I decided to take three weeks off league to try and improve other parts of my life and so far my family part is growing, great, going great, fitness is going amazing as well. However, I'm stuck when it comes to dating and getting a girlfriend. I have literally zero experience when it comes to dating but I would like to get a girlfriend eventually is it possible to have a girlfriend whilst being a gamer? How do you get a girlfriend? <laughs> I laugh at this question, Jay. I get a laugh because you're 19 years old. All right? So, you know, you might be looking at other people, 19, they're on Instagram and they're like, you know, they're like in a relationship and it looks all exciting, yeah. but it's really not. Okay. And you're not missing out on anything. No. Okay. And you know, just, just relax. If, if family fitness and is going well, I mean, you said you don't much going for you. Those are great things. I mean, what if I would
1: okay, if I was to go back, give in your time,
0: relationship. Your, your, you had girlfriends all the time. Yeah, I 16, did. 16, 17, 18, lot. 19. You know,
1: uh, I would say, I would say, if I could go back in time, I mean, look, I'm not gonna say avoid relationships. You got to make mistakes. Like that's right. You learned like, the way I view it is yeah. like you got to fail the promos. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna fail the promos. <laughs> yeah so you gotta do that at some point but like let it just happen naturally Mm. and like if you could ideally if you could avoid them as much as you can as possible like that'd be the better thing to do
0: I think it's fine if you just don't really focus on just let it naturally till 25, 26 you're fine man you have zero dating experience yeah 100% like
1: your your goal should be to be the best version of yourself the best version of yourself and then you know if someone wants to come along for the ride then great if if not, then it's not a big deal. Like like at the end of the day, um, good people attract good people, you know? And so if you become the best version or you strive to be the best version of yourself, you work on yourself physically, mentally, professionally, in every area of family life and everything, who isn't going to be want to be part of your life when you happen to meet people at some stage, um, why wouldn't they want to be with you? Who wouldn't want to be with you? That's like the mindset you got to be in, you know? It's like, it's kind of like trying to go pro in league. It's like you get high ranked and then people just come to you. That's right, yeah. Exactly, great analogy. It's the same thing. It's like, orgs will want to pick you up because you're a beast. It's the same thing in relationships. So, um, be you. I love that. It's like that Bruce Lee video. There's like a really awesome video on YouTube called Be You by Bruce Lee. It's like a motivational thing. I always Mm -hmm. watch it.
0: I always misinterpret that because I always think, well, you know, the uh, realistic, sometimes you isn't good enough. You know, you got to get your shit together
1: yeah I agree there, there's that but I, I think BU in the sense of the way I view like that is that you're taking inspiration from differing areas like mm, you're not going to mm. blindly copy someone else like you're going to bl- take a little bit like Nathan for us we've taken bits from everywhere mm. like from our biggest inspirations a bit from Derek Sivers a bit from Ramit Sethi a bit from like you know Tom Brady a bit from Michael Jordan like we're taking Bruce Lee bits and pieces from every all these role models and then you you couple it up with your experiences and your take on things and then boom you create Nathan Martin C- Curtis Morgan like it's just that's what you get. So I think relationships should be the not a priority whatsoever. Like I'm telling you,
0: do not stress, no. man. Do not stress.
1: No. Yeah, I mean, you might feel like you're behind. Well, the but way you gotta view it is like right. I believe anyway. At least till you're like up until your twenty, like late twenties, like you're purely working on yourself. Yeah. Like that's like mid. And you're maturing as like, well. Twenty-five. Like by the time you, you shouldn't even like. Your goal is... It's kind of like in, in in like... Imagine you're playing an MMO. You're playing WoW. Your priority isn't to get in a like, guild.
0: You, don't, you can't just start raiding. You can't, until, you don't want, you're can't.
1: You not going to get in a good guild until you're... you have no gear. You have no, who's going to pick you up? Yeah. Like, you're useless. Yeah. Like, you got to get gear first and get leveled up. Yeah. And, get, and then you can start That's getting right. into a guild, you know?
0: At the end of the day, you're 19 years old. If you get into a relationship, you're just to be even more broke than you are now.
1: Yeah, you're going to be... You don't have money. It's more stress. You don't have the time your goal is to pursue excellence in whatever that field may be, um, and find out more about yourself. Now you might find that person during that time that can support you. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm sure there are relationships out there where people find that person who can support them early on in life. Um, I think it's very unlikely, but for those people, you know, good on them as long as they are aligned in their way of, of living and they, they're, they're that you yeah. both support each other and then
0: I mean at 19 years old it's that's just hard to because you don't know who you
1: are you're still evolving that's right every, like I would say that between the ages of 18 to 25 there was a different version of Curtis every year
0: yep basically there's yeah. the
1: curtis 1.0 2.0 it's like mm. the different iphones dude <laughs> you wouldn't even recognize the curtis of no them. you guys would not. Yeah. have seen the evolution yeah. it's i'm a different person every year because i'm mm. always learning and growing same mm. as you we're both evolving mm. i'll say i i changed rap more rapidly you kind of knew you like you were very clear on your identity from a young age mm. like, you had this north starts like i want to be this sort of person like you i'm not saying like to the t but like you had a you had a very good intuition of like the type of person you were and what you liked and what you didn't like for me i didn't have that north star like nathan did and i had to change and evolve who i was every year and every year i thought that that was the best version of me but then there was always another version and then another version and you know you you just never never stops it's like david goes it never ends it's like the same thing so it's just not a priority man not a priority
0: Yeah. Don't stress at all, man. You, guys, you heard it here first from the Broken by Concept podcast. How do you get a girlfriend? Just that's a just wrong the wrong that's question wrong to ask. Que- that's the wrong question. That's actually
1: the p- better way to put it. It's the wrong question to ask. Is it possible to have a girlfriend whilst being a gamer? <laughs> yeah, no shit, it is. <laughs> just ask Curtis. Of course it is. It just depends again your priorities and what, what's important to you. This is going to come a sacrifice elsewhere, right? Everything this, it just depends where you want to put your time but at that age I don't think that's your priority. No.
0: All right, moving on here from Raf Raffy, advice on continuing 3 blocks in the MLA. Hi Coach Curtis and Nathan. I go by Boogly. My actual name is Raf sounds like safe or oh, Rafe. I was a Rafe. And I'm a mid player hovering around plat 3 and plat 2. I ended last season high silver and got to plat just through grinding games. I've decided to start trying to improve more seriously by taking notes on matchups, doing blocks of three, and starting to review at least some of my games. My question is, how do you continue in a block of three if your first game goes horribly wrong and messes with your mental? Do you stop that three block and take an extended break, take a short break, like five minutes to mental reset? Do you just go straight into the next game, or is your break mental reset reviewing that game? My second question is for Curtis.
1: Well, let's let's start no, the first one. I, I think let's do yeah. the first one first. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll start with my my take, and then you go to your take. Yeah. For me, I, I would say in a perfect world, if I had like all, if I had the time, and I didn't have to, it, I didn't stream my games, and I didn't have a community, and all that stuff. What I would do is I would do game with like a, a good, like getting out of my PC, like walk, like that's what I would really do. Like if I if I could do that, like I, I can do that now and I, I try to do that, but like I would take an extended break away from my PC for probably at least three minutes. Like I'm, I'm literally not even at my computer. I'm in another room walking around, getting water, eating a few nuts, whatever it is, right? Then I come back and then I go into my review and then I look at obviously the areas of my learning objective. And then I, you know, fill out my, my notes or whatever I have a thing in the MLA that does that anyway. And then I like review it intensely. Um, and that whole process should ideally take between, you know, it shouldn't take longer than twelve minutes, thirteen minutes like max. So it's what's a review. Like the entire process. Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, reviews should be very short. That's including the
1: walk. That's including the break and then the review. Yeah. Um and look, I feel as though the the whole should I play another? That that comes down to that's a case by case basis. Mm. There are going to be some very tilting games where yes, it should you should end your block.
0: This is where it comes into controlling your emotions and understanding your emotions. That
1: this is all that emotional regulation, right? And I feel on a, it's case by case. There are sometimes where I've ended my block at two blocks, that's and I right, don't do games. that very often, mm. but I have to. Mm. I did that on Saturday. Mm. I recognized that I am not in the correct mental state to play this other game, so I stopped. I literally stopped the queue. I said, I thought I was going to, I was okay. And I reflected and I wasn't okay. I said, I'm not playing this game. There's going to be other games where you can play four because you, you felt as though four games in a block because you felt as though one of them, it was, it was just an open mid at 12 minutes. You didn't get to play the game. You have plenty of energy. You're, you're feeling good. You can play four. It's a case-by-case basis, man. And this all ties down to emotional regulation. And you've got to have that tough conversation with yourself. And you've got to do that reflection. And it's only in that reflection you're going to know. Um, otherwise you'll end up like me for two weeks up shit Creek. Do you have anything to add? Well,
0: I think that's good. I think I, I agree. Um, the way that I view it is this. If I've had like some bad games, I know I'm playing bad and I'm sitting in my chair. I feel like, like physically I'm just getting pushed down or something like mm. the, especially with my headset, my wireless headset. I literally know that when I take it off, I feel like I'm disconnected from the computer world. Cause, cause you're lucky when you leave your desk you can, you don't have a wireless no. headset. You can take it off physically. So you're, but cause I have a wireless headset. I get yeah, but locked in. it's not in like it's that.
1: Crazy. I, I, the analogy I would use Nathan yeah. is that I feel as like, I got like a string attached to my desk. Yeah. Like I've got this, like this little pulley system. And so like when I leave <laughs> my desk, I'm getting fucking real back in. And yeah. like my mind is still in that chair. Yeah so like sometimes yeah my mind's just...
0: still in that chair but it's not as much like at it's least I'm sort much. of disconnected it's like disconnecting a bit. I view it as like a, an electrical field like I got an electrical yeah. field and like I'll get out of it like let's say like my mm. whole apartment's an electrical field mm. but it's like the, the, the dark the black hole is like the center of like you know what I yeah, mean yeah no I feel you <laughs> yeah
1: look I would also just go to say that like there are some times where I, I totally resonate with you Nathan like I'm in this weird mindset where I genuinely feel like an addict yeah, like I feel tendencies. Yep. Like I am, like I, I feel like you got to
0: get back that LP. You got to. Well, it's just,
1: just my entire physiology. Kid. Like it's I feel, I yeah, feel, you shit. You feel shit. My yeah. entire body. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wasn't aware of this back. Like I probably felt like this for years. Like when I grinded the game, but now that I'm more aware of my physiology, I can feel like you said that. There's a feeling of like you feel like you're getting pushed down. There's this. Mm. You feel tight. There's like a weight. You feel weight. You feel very, you feel sick.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah, sick. <laughs> you just
1: don't feel right. Yeah. Like, it's that feeling. I hate that feeling. And I always feel like disgusting. I just need to have a cold shower and like get the fuck away from the computer, <laughs> yeah. you know? like Get if, outside, get some fresh air. If you hair, feel yeah. that, then you need to get out. Yeah. Like you know, But
0: sometimes you can play like, if you're really confident as well, you're just powering through. It's like, it really I'm just a beast.
1: It's just a case-by-case basis. Yeah. You know, it really depends. you got to know when you can and can't perform. But the scary thing is when you think you can perform, you delude yourself, you think you can perform. And that's where addiction comes into play. And, yeah. you know, that's where that that review process can help. And the, the three blocks really do help. Because the, the aim of the three block, if you really think about it, man, is that the three block is preventing you from autopiloting, pressing that play again button, and then going straight into the next game without reflecting. Mm. It's, a, it's a way of forcing reflection in a way. That's and right, yeah. Just, let's just let the end thinking about your turn it off overall. It, turn it back on. You're
0: thinking about the games, how you're going.
1: Yeah, you, it's like, you, you, rather than, you know, it's kind of like driving in the dark. It's like, okay, well, at least we have we have the lights on. We kind of know where we're going. If you're not doing three blocks, you're just, just driving in the dark. There's no fucking direction. You're just playing. You're just going. And there, you hit a tree, you're going to hit a pole. We don't know where you, you're going. That's the way I view it. What was the second part?
0: Uh, he was asking about how do MLA spots open work? Oh, just, how often? Uh, He's on the wait like, list. But, it's
1: about every like four weeks. Yeah. Oh, if you've been on the waitlist for four weeks, DM me on Discord, um, but usually every four weeks.
0: And then he said, thanks to you guys for being the guiding light for all of us who are on the climb. No problem, man. All right. Next one here is from Nolan. Title of this email is called Addiction and Rage Queue. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. My name is Nolan and I'm a silver support playing Leona Bard and Trundle. I'm constantly bouncing from silver four to silver three and back, and a lot of the reason I keep doing this is because I'm addicted and just learn how to, and I just can't learn how to not rage queue and not focus on the LP. I feel like I, if I didn't do this, I feel that I could be high silver two. What can I do to stop these bad habits and stick to a three-game block? Thanks for the podcast and doing what you guys do. Keep it up. I'll jump in right here. the The way you're framing these ranks is is a problem. So. You're talking about I'm bouncing from silver four to silver three, and you feel like at max you could be like silver two. Don't think of it as rank. Think of it as your level of play equals your rank. So, like you're just like trying to claw at like improvement. Like uh, you know you get stuck. Like you get Mm. so stuck when Mm. you're in that. You know I feel like at my best I'm silver two. No, don't think about that at all. I feel like like these are the concepts I'm learning. This is what I'm improving on as I improve on these things, if I know what a great support player looks like, yeah, I'm not going to know everything that's going on, but you could sort of see it's like, okay, the way they move, the way they use their abilities. If I get these down, like, you know, you're going to be climbing way higher, like gold, platinum, diamond, you know, once you practice these and, and, and know what you're working on and, you know, so I think that there's no really improvement process. I don't think he knows what good players look like. He's just sort of stuck. He's just playing like his own game. Um, yeah, that's just stuck. Like it's—it's it's actually the way you're framing this email. It's got nothing to do with your addiction, rage queue. I feel—I feel like you actually don't know how to improve, and that's causing these addiction and rage queues. Well,
1: it's kind of like he's not a student of the game. Yeah, you're not a student of the game at all. You got no. to become a student of the game, man, and, and and just be very critical of yourself. Like, keep it even simple, dude. Just look at your deaths. Why yep. are you dying? Yeah. What are the trends? Um, look at someone else play that champion. Get specific. What are the, like what I did? I, I should have said this at the start of the coaching um, the podcast. I did a really interesting um, thing where I had a VOD of a matchup on one monitor and then the VOD of the exact same matchup on another monitor. I and I played them, synced them at the exact same time because yep. I couldn't figure out the matchup. Yep. And I learned this matchup, TF into Kassadin, by doing it. And I was able to see specifically what was happening different. Like, Why did this one feel really bad and this one was really good? And I was able to really see these small details. You obviously don't need to go to this extreme, but it's the it's the process of identity At the end of the day, we're still doing the same thing. I'm trying to identify what is different here. Yeah. And when you're in silver, the differences should be pretty bloody obvious because you're in silver. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Nathan. I don't like the way he's framing it. Like you're going from like the you're going from like the ball pit in a playground to the monkey bars, mm-hmm. rather than get into the car, park, go in the car and drive home, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a hobby. little kitty playground, yeah. dude. Like you're in the sandpit, go from the sandpit to the, to the slide. It doesn't matter. You're in silver. Mm. So like frame it in the sense of like, okay, these are really basic concepts that I must be misunderstanding. What are they? And isolate them and start to just be a little bit more, more conscious of what's, what's going wrong and why it's going wrong. You know? And I feel like that's the biggest thing when you're in silver, you got to really put it into perspective. Silver is truly the introduction to the game. You are very much a beginner. You know, you're a toddler. And so you need to own that. A toddler, a baby, is very perceptive. They don't think they know everything. You should
0: be excited. Again. A baby, excited. They get information. They ask questions. They're yeah, curious. They're
1: curious. That's the mindset. You've got to be literally a baby. Baby like. Even though it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. childlike. Yeah, Childlike. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah, that's why you're angry. And Because when, when you're lost, when you don't have direction, you're going to. Drag others down. You're going to get angry. You're going to be like, why me? Like that's, that's what's happening there. Well, he you obviously think thinks
1: is, that he should be getting Ill better than that he is. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. You know? All right. um Next one here is from Jared. The title of this email is called adrenaline. Adrenaline. Hello, do you feel that managing adrenaline is a skill in gaming and also League of Legends? I took a break from all video games for about two months and then came back into LOL. I noticed that after my two block, I don't have the mental endurance for, you know, a third game. I feel nauseous, lightheaded, have trouble thinking and feel a little jittery. I remember as a child when I first got my gaming system, I would be, I'll feel nauseous after about two hours of continuous play. But I pushed through that and got acclimated to it. Acclimated Acclimated to it. Have either of you experienced something like this from gaming? Nauseous, lightheaded?
1: Yeah, I do. Trouble thinking. I I straight up do. That's what I said earlier on. Sometimes I feel sick, but I I do that even when I play well. Like when I play high-intensity League of Legends in a a three block, by the end of the third, if I play like a a lot of high-intensity League, like three block, a really hard three block, I do feel actually quite nauseous. I don't feel well. That's why as well, like I want to work out usually straight after my three block. Yeah um i i just have pent up adrenaline where and that's why i, I feel as though some people remember carbon used to do the push-ups mm. some people when they feel like they have pent up adrenaline if they are if you are that type of person he this guy we used to know used to do push-ups in between games and before games and things like that to release some of his adrenaline and get the blood pumping and through his body so i feel as though um yeah that's quite normal i would say it feels quite it's quite normal your brain is just you're very overwhelmed it's you're functioning at a very high level and it you you will get acclimated to it though if you consistently do 3 blocks, that's you'll, right. you'll, 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 you'll condition to yourself to be able to play 3 block pretty reliably yeah, like, even if you don't have like, to start
0: these are the sessions that this guy keeps doing like he's telling me that we need to focus like I'm going to yeah. start yeah. figuring this out yep that's what your brain's going to conversation yep. all right we'll do one more um
1: who's the lucky winner
0: James James. title of this email is called free wins are real uh hey guys uh, recently I feel I've been climbing at a solid rate I'm starting to gain a lot of confidence in my current in myself at my current ELA and I think a big reason is the podcast building such a strong mental I already play with chat muted but I still get tilted from teammates sometimes while this is seldom AFKs tilt me out of my mind like nothing else my last two blocks though I have had a huge realization it is incredibly hard for me to get mad at teammates anymore I went to combine 5-1, and one of the wins, I was AFK for 5 minutes plus. Another one of those wins, I was hard-camped and dove successfully three times on my second roll. There was a three-level and 60CS difference before the the mid-game started, and somehow my team still dragged my lifeless body to the Nexus. (laughs) The AFK win really spoke to me, though. I finally got the balls to pay my Aurelia Um, to play a rally in ranks. I was limit testing against Illusion and lost an all-in at level 3 due to misclicking Ignite and misclicking my Q. As soon as I respawned, my internet went down. I just needed to uh, reset the modem router. I did not get back in the game until 5 minutes later and was down 6 levels. I got back and found that my team is up in kills, objectives, and CS. All the other landers in jungle were hard-winning. I was surprised because from the lens of all my teammates, I rage quit after losing the 1v1. They had no reason at that point to continue trying, yet they did, and we hard-stopped the game when I came back. This one this one game really made me realize that every, quote-unquote, this is his words, degenerate you get on your team, you are that same degenerate on the other team. There is no point in tilting because you have no context of anyone else's situation. I think it's really important to know, because remember how we say people don't emphasize the free wins ever? No. They always emphasize the guaranteed yep. losses. Yep. This is a really important yeah, realization, over James.
1: Them. Everyone looks over them. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to give you a very specific example, something that I noticed uh, in myself. Uh, 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 I should have said this in one of my big learnings from my reflection. I had a bad habit that I found in myself, in my reviews, where my ego, ego protection would, when I was during this this two-week period, that it wasn't happening before, but it was happening this two-week period, where anything that I like did that I got away with, luckily, I wouldn't Except that this was bad. Like I would tell my, like I would say, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I did this well played, whatever, like just skip yeah, over it. Okay, yeah. And like, so I couldn't bring myself to, re- to be like register this as a, as this was my fault. Dude, I'm the complete opposite. I was, I'll self sabotage myself. I know my that's what well. I usually do as well. I mean, I wouldn't get to the rank I was at if I didn't do that. right? That's right. Yeah. Which means but I I didn't So then you. Slipped but in up. that two week period, that I would slipped never up. Never happened to me, dude. That would never happen. That that was a big sign. One yeah. of the things I, I I regressed on hardcore that in that two week period. That I remember specifically, there was a play where like, I was doing pretty well, and then and then like the support the support uh, enemy support comes mid and mm. like tries to dive me, and like I I, I end up getting a kill. And I remember, think my initial response when I looked over the vod the first time mm. was like, I just looked over and like oh, I got the kill, but I didn't actually. You didn't
0: t- even know he was coming. I didn't even know he was coming. Was, it was just yeah, luck, just right? Luck, I could have yeah. easily
1: died here. Yeah. But then, off my second time watching it, after catching myself, I said, "This is actually really bad, Curtis. Like, why? I I just looked over this the first time, and this is a kind of the example. We look over the things when it's convenient to us, mm. and when it's a painful experience, we just." You know, we just remember those painful experiences. So I feel as though, yeah, this happens a lot, and it happened within myself, and I saw it happen. And it's very easy; it's so easy to happen. It's it just, it just, it just happens instantly. You don't even realize it. No. it's only when you do it, look over it a second time, you're like, oh shit, this is actually pretty bad. Mm. So um, yeah, I think you're spot on. This is just shows. I mean, we. We just forget all the things that not even just a win, even just lucky things that happen, right? It can be a win, obviously. We get a free win, but all the, even the things that are lucky. All those games where like you go down zero three and your team carries you, like you you could have been you could have lost that game easily. Like you just got carried. It was just lucky. But you're never gonna say you got carried.
0: No, that's right. You're or like never you'll saying. forget that game existed. That's like, you right. th-
1: or you you say you got carried, but then you'll forget you about it. You think
0: you play like well, I was like Ah, oh, still play I played yeah, some good okay. things that game, yeah. <laughs> It's like like I, I played well in this team fight, which was the easiest team <laughs> yeah. fight to win because the team like, was so got, far like, this ahead. Like
1: you really fed a split pushing told some <laughs> shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
0: That's why you got to be honest with yourself in reviews.
1: It's like, in a way, it's in a way, it's kind of emotional regulation. It's self awareness. Yeah,
0: I feel, I feel like some of my clients they they're pretty bad at being honest with themselves in reviews. They like say things as like I played well here, but it's like, uh, well, did you actually know that this was happening? No, I think.
1: Look, Nathan. And, I know, and I'm going to be speaking from my experience, you know deep down, they know. Like yeah, these people know okay, yeah. they they really do know if pro, mm. but like their their system one response in the moment is like it's like a, ego protection it's like ego protection it's like said, the, yeah. if, if really pros about it and you ask again and ask again they will tell it's you it's
0: like okay I actually didn't know yeah, he was there they'll yeah, say it
1: but yeah. like it takes you gotta get it out of, you them, it, out like, of them you gotta yeah. beat it out of them it yeah. takes, <laughs> get,
0: <laughs> the, get the wooden spoon and just start <laughs> beating them until you tell the truth to torture them <laughs> you
1: gotta it's, it's hard or some people when asked they will Get, then they'll even make other excuses to 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 um we've dealt with to this. Cover it up. They'll yeah. go deeper, like yeah. dig deep themselves a deeper deeper deep hole. hole
0: of like why they did something. But
1: this happened. But 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 this, and then it goes to the extreme. And it then, does.
0: Then there's a huge arguments, and someone leaves the building crying and yep. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. <laughs> All right. That's it for broken my concept, guys. Our scuffed
1: podcast. Oh, it's not scuffed by him it's us so it's not it's not bridget, bridget bridger it's us like it's not actually scuffed it's like oh yeah yeah there. it's because of us yeah, yeah that's yeah, right it's yeah. not his thing that's his right
0: where we have not we're incompetent yeah we're incompetent yeah so again thanks to him um clips channel we got our yeah. patreon if you want to support the book podcast club. and join our book club and there you go excellent see you guys bye bye for episode number 70